Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Hello, I'm Professor Brian Keating, Chancellor's Distinguished Professor of Physics at the University of California, San Diego. And this is my essay entitled, Washington's Greatest Debate, How Two Astronomers Changed the Way Humanity Debates Forever. By April 1920, the Spanish flu had claimed 50 million lives worldwide. The First World War had ended only 17 months earlier. A polarizing presidential debate was underway. On April 26th in Washington, D.C., two contestants took the stage in a debate that would alter the cosmos forever. Was this contest the 1920 presidential debate? No, this battle was literally for universal domination, not a mere skirmish between presidential contenders, for the record, Warren Harding and James Cox. Only the wonkiest history buffs recall who won 1920's presidential debates, but every astronomer knows the two scientists sparring on that April evening at the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History, taking sides in astronomy's great debate. They were Heber Curtis, director of the Allegheny Observatory, versus Mount Wilson Observatory astronomer Harlow Shapley. The debate's outcome could not have been more consequential. The span of the entire universe was at stake. This epic contest concerned the nature of the so-called spiral nebulae that had vexed astronomers since Lord Ross first pointed his 54-foot-long telescope, appropriately nicknamed the Leviathan, towards the heavens in 1845. 75 years later, in Washington, D.C., Shapley was claiming that these diaphanous swirls of light were our neighbors in the Milky Way, a mere hundred or so light years to be exact. But Curtis contended that some of these smudges were galaxies in their own right, assemblies of hundreds of billions of stars. If Curtis was right, these nebulae resided at truly astronomical distances from the Earth. Curtis and Shapley decorously dealt philosophical punches. No mute buttons were necessary, but lacking physical evidence, the great debate ended in a draw. The runoff would put the aftermath of the 2000 presidential election and its hanging chads to shame. It took over three years until Edwin Hubble discovered a curious beacon on the outskirts of the, quote, Great Spiral Nebula, unquote, in Andromeda. This luminary, a class of star known as a Cepheid variable, periodically waxed and waned in brightness about twice per week. Years earlier, the brilliant astronomer Henrietta Swan-Levitt had showed that the rate at which the Cepheid stars pulsed could be used as a sort of cosmic ruler surveying distances far beyond the Earth. Applying Levitt's law, as we now call it, Hubble determined that Andromeda Nebula was incomprehensibly distant, 2.54 million light years away to be exact. The Milky Way was known to be large, but even back then, its diameter was known to be less than 10% of that vast span. Andromeda was not in our galaxy, it was a galaxy, hosting perhaps 100 billion or more suns of its own. The great debate was settled, Shapley lost, but he was humble in defeat. He even encouraged Hubble to widely publicize his findings. It wasn't only the distance to the Andromeda galaxy that had grown. Humanity's perspective was forever broadened, tempered with newfound humility against the vastness of intergalactic space. Today, instruments like the Hubble Space Telescope, currently celebrating its 30th anniversary, have only magnified the significance of the great debate. 
revealing that the Milky Way and Andromeda are but two of as many as possibly two trillion galaxies, each hosting hundreds of billions or maybe trillions of stars in their own right. What future debates will be waged in astronomy's next century using instruments costing a mere fraction of today's presidential campaigns, such as the Simons Observatory, the Vera Rubin Observatory, and the Xenon Dark Matter Project? What will they discover? Perhaps we'll learn that dark matter is a mysterious new particle, or maybe we'll learn that it is instead the result of an unknown new force. Will we spot life on exoplanets or even in planets within our own solar system? Or will we discover once and for all, definitively, that we are truly alone, the only life form in the cosmos. Perhaps we'll even find evidence that ours is not the only universe, just some of modern astronomy's current great debates. One of the refreshing aspects of astronomy is that it is inherently apolitical. There are no democratic comets, no Republican asteroids. Perhaps that's what explains the great debates comity, despite its cosmic stakes. Great debates ennoble us, deepening our appreciation of nature's beautiful tapestry. The significance of a debate should not be judged by who won, for not all contests need to be zero-sum games. Rather, debates should be appraised by the equality of the questions we pose. Honestly debating great mysteries, always prepared to change our mind, or even concede our opponent's point of view, as did Shapley, if new evidence surfaces. That not only makes us better scientists, it makes us better citizens as well. Besides, from the cosmic perspective, political victories are fleeting. Warren Harding's administration lasted barely two years. Sadly, he died two months before Edwin Hubble settled the great debate for good. Time will tell if today's political debates are even remembered a decade, let alone a century from now. But the universe and our perceived place within it abides forever. Or does it? It's debatable. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. 